Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome, everybody. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. This is our weekly question and answer podcast. So thank you for all your questions. And uh, if you are inspired to send us questions or feedback, you know the address. It's two mats at tnepublishing.com. But let's get straight in. Matt, first question. Given the recent success of Geert Wilders, the, who's the Prime Minister Presumptive in the Netherlands, Giorgio Maloney in Italy and the Swedish Democrats, why do so many progressives support proportional representation? That's from James Hansen. Thanks, James. So this is on the basis that these are fairly far-right divisive figures who have been empowered by proportional representation. Yes. So it's a good question, isn't it? I mean, there is a flip side to the yes. proposed benefits of PR. And I have to say that um, every time I see Nigel Farage, yeah. um, uh, I think, hmm, about PR a bit. Wait, what did they top out? It was something like 8% of the vote or something Yes, like that. in general election, but they won the uh, European, Brexit Party won the European elections, uh, which yeah. was one of the big moments for um, Theresa May's departure. Yeah. So... Uh, I mean, there is there is no question that proportional representation for all its merits does completely change the nature yeah. of the game. Because if they'd have got if, if UKIP had got their eight eight percent under say it was a straight system of proportional yes. representation, they'd have had fifty odd seats in, they'd in have Parliament. Had, yes, and um they would almost certainly I mean, there would have been by now, I think, a conservative UKIP stroke Brexit coalition yeah um and there will be people all over the land saying well good that's called democracy boys yes you know i mean the, the, that that's that's the problem is that the honest truth is that most people's attitudes towards proportional representation is um is dictated by who they want to be in power yeah it's i true. mean we all talk about the the justice behind the system but the truth is that the real issue behind PR is that the the progressive voters historically have been split between Labour and the Lib Dems and yeah. so a lot of votes get lost. Yeah. Um but I mean I I have to say that although I completely see the point I mean this is as an illustration of that um I completely see the arguments of PR and and I've often found it attractive the, I the current sort of political climate is one that seems to favor the emergence of quite extreme um, and quite um, sort of pop-up yeah. political forces, which I'm not absolutely sure is the ideal yeah. setting in which it to also seems PR. To, I mean, maybe it's just coincidence, but it also seems to favour personality-based yes. politics over kind of policy-based yes. politics. Well, what you're not, what you don't have to do, you have to build a coalition once you've become the biggest single party or one of them. But what you don't have to do when you're campaigning in the election is look for a coalition. Yeah. You, you just target your 
your far right yeah, yeah. voters, yeah. and and so that, that 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 that's a real issue. I think. Yeah. Where really would you is. put Farage? Just as a side, where would you would you how would you describe Farage naturally in terms of his politics? Hard right, far right. I think know. he's I think he's hard right. Yeah. I mean, uh, not far right though. That would no, be too much. No, yeah. I mean he's not far right because, as far as I'm aware, he's never shown any uh, tendency towards um, uh, you know the kind of. Um, authoritarianism yeah. and dismantling of the state that we we yeah. focus with that, but um, certainly on Islam, yeah. uh, net zero, yeah, uh, you know, uh, obviously the EU. Uh, yeah. He he's he's very much in that space. Yeah, cool. All right. Well, thank you, James, for your question. Hope uh, that goes some way towards answering it. Uh, next question, please. Will there ever come a time when someone on the left declares how many immigrants are enough and how many are too much? PJ Maloney. Thank you, PJ. Uh, and you've noted in parenthesis underneath, right wing but not fascist. Well, we'll be the judge of that, PJ. I think we will. <laughs> no, And you're not fascist, clearly. Yeah. It's a very sensible question. It is a very sensible question. What do you think? Um, I hope not is the answer because I think that caps on migration are ridiculous and economically illiterate um, yeah and we live in a country where although there's been constant attempts to suggest this is not the case growth and prosperity have depended for a very long time upon flexible approaches to migration and one of the things that's happened since um, the post-brexit government has tried to crack down on um, uh, not just legal immigration, but also, but now increasingly legal migration, which I think is going to be one of the big issues of the next few years, um, is that employers are finding it incredibly difficult mm. to uh, supply the labour market. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in favour of immigration on lots of levels, but just sort of at a base level, you want public services, you want fruit picked, you want, you know, uh, the service economy to work. You have to have a very flexible approach yeah. to migration. That is the grown up approach in a modern nation yeah. state and i what i do wish is that what i actually wish is that progressive parties would make that case that's right I wish that's there, where it needs to be fought yeah. i wish the remain campaign had instead of sort of shying away yeah. from immigration and said actually this is why yeah. you know, if you really want hospital more hospitals yeah. more spent on hospitals you know more money to be taxed you know you you have to have quite a lot of immigration the side, if, the, if there was any honesty in politics the side of that bus would have said 350 million more for the nhs each week by opening borders and letting more people come in to make the economy stronger because we're seeing yes the absolute diminution of the economy because our borders are are cramped you know and, and the, NH gonna... the nhs is on its is not on its knees i, I, yeah. I think covid uh, didn't help but it's not on its knees because of strikes no that's it, right. it's on its knees because th there are not enough people in key jobs and it, this yeah. government is promising to make it harder yeah. and labor i'm afraid is running scared on this yeah and the other thing i think is worth saying is just how poisonous the effect of right-wing media is in this conversation yes. by constantly telling people over and over again this is a huge problem that's destroying britain yeah. you know and people going well it must be you know and it, the truth is it isn't i do accept that there are places in britain where the nature of towns or villages has been fundamentally changed and i accept it's people's right not to like that but on a bigger scale there's no way that you could argue sensibly that a chokehold on immigration is is a panacea for the UK's problems. Quite the opposite. Exactly the opposite. Quite quite the opposite. I mean, I think you can have a sensible argument about integration. You can have a sensible argument about 
distribution. You can have all all these things are open to sensible conversations. Yeah. But the idea that you you have a hard cap. Yeah. Uh, on number of immigrants. Actually, this is one of David Cameron's uh, most inglorious uh, legacies because he he was the person that brought in this ludicrous idea that um, net migration should be under a hundred thousand. Why? Yeah. Says who? Totally arbitrary. Completely to please, arbitrary. To please Paul Bloody Dacre. Economically you know. illiterate. Yeah. All right. Thank you, PJ, for your question. Hope uh, I don't know whether you're going to agree with our answers, but thank you very much for the question. It's always good to have a debate about this stuff. Okay. Next question, please. Richard Tice intends to field Reform UK candidates, Reform UK being what Brexit Party became, uh, in every English seat. And judging by the conversations I overhear in my Midlands red brick pub, people are gagging for this. Is this being overlooked by Westminster? Van Driver Andy. Thanks, Andy. Is that his real name? I think it is. Like Marvellous Marvin Hagler. Andy's a regular. He's asked one before, I think. I like it. Van Driver. Well, thank you, Andy. Thanks, Andy. Um, I don't... I find it really hard to take Richard Tice seriously, but maybe I'm being naive. I found it hard to take Farrow seriously until he became serious. I, I, I find Richard Tice uh, a deeply ludicrous figure. Yeah. Um, compellingly so, actually. Yeah. I can't look yeah. away, um, which is an odd reaction. But uh, what I wonder, two things, actually. The first is whether Nigel Farage, when he returns from his uh, jungle ex adventure which i don't think is going that well actually but anyway um seizes the reins um and the other thing was which is just anecdotal but um i find reform laughable um but i was talking to a tory minister the other day and said that you know that i don't see the problem and this person this 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 person said well um you have to remember how tightly geared the next election is yes and um, reform only has to do quite well yeah. in, a, in a fairly small number of seats to cause the Tories enormous trouble. Yeah. So it, it, it could it, it could be a big story. Um, and and Andy's right that you know you you ignore these things at your peril because they someone like Tice does come across as such an, a blowhard and, yeah. and an idiot, but actually. You know, one of the things that's happening is that the the, the government's policy on uh, you know it's it's marched everyone up to the top of the hill on Rwanda and stop the boats and all this and that's unraveling in front of our eyes, which is exactly the opportunity that reform has been waiting. Reform UK has been waiting yeah, for. Yeah. Well, thanks, Andy. Um, let's have our next question. I listened to your podcast about fascism, and expected you to mention your the book by your esteemed colleague Paul Mason. Could you have him as a guest on the podcast as this subject needs a lot more coverage? Maureen Smith. Thank you, Maureen, for that. And yeah, you're absolutely right. Paul has written a brilliant... It's a great book. Yeah. yeah. What's uh, it called? How to Stop, How to Stop fascism. fascism. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, we serialised uh, it in the New European. Yes, yes. You've got yeah. a lot of coverage there. Yeah. Uh, so well, it wasn't a... It was the opposite of a slight to Paul, um, yeah. who's uh, one of my favourite writers, and and it's a great book. Yeah. And yeah, I mean... Hard if yet. you don't know, Paul is a regular weekly columnist on the, on the new European, European, as is Matt Dancona, as and is Patience Wheatcroft and Alistair and Bonnie Greer and all these luminaries. And uh, I have to say, um, 
Paul, I, I was delighted to get. I mean, I'm delighted to get all of those columnists. So, you know, every single one of them. Oh, Paul's, I, it Paul's felt a like a coup. Act. And Paul was. Uh, every time I read his column, I don't always agree at all with the sentiment. Well, that's the. But he makes me think. All yeah, the time. no, he's an incredibly um, informed and thoughtful, yeah. and and very good writer as well. Brilliant writer, yeah. And I think that. Um, anything any book by him any column by him is yeah. worth is worth Do you know how writing? i know he's really good is Tell because, me. because the left-wing corbynista loonies absolutely hate him well that's one of the reasons that i mean paul is <laughs> ve- paul is a is a socialist paul's a proper yeah, proper, left, proper, proper left-wing person well-informed but socialist. what he isn't is a member of a cult yes exactly right. um and and therefore everything you read by him is the product of thought and deliberation and yeah. conviction and yeah. all the better for it yeah that's right so you know i we salute you paul mason and thank yes, you thank paul, you Maureen. for being you um next question please how is the punishment of removing benefits going to work when job centers are desperately short of staff and is it a human rights issue to remove benefits and prescriptions? That's from Carolyn French. It's a very good question. And, and um, I, I think that this is a very good point that when job centres themselves yeah. are kind of struggling, as our courts and every every other yeah. bit of the public estate, yeah. um, the, the whole business of um, getting this benefit system to work and to function, leaving aside actually just questions of social justice, but just to work. Um, I thought I, Daniel Blake, by the way, was one of the greatest films of recent years on social, yeah, the social fabric in this respect, because it showed that the real problem was that it was the system wasn't working. That's it was right. impossible to, to, and you know, you have people who are indigent, yeah. who can't get past websites, who can't get an appointment, who can't get their money in time to, you know, feed their children and so on. Yeah. And I, and so leading on to Carolyn's second question, is it a human rights issue to remove benefits and prescriptions? Self-evidently so. And uh, I question whether that will ever actually happen. Do you know, it's, it, I, I grew up in the late 70s, early 80s in Liverpool. And of course, Boys from the Black Stuff was the the nation's Alan Bleasdale's Alan Bleasdale's wonderful gives social a, gives drama. a job, Yossa. Yossa Hughes gives a job and the kind of, the, the absolute dire straits that, that whole swathes of communities found themselves in, trying to get through the system, you know? Yes. And you've seen since then, largely thanks, I think, to a very progressive Labour government from 97 onwards, you've seen huge improvements in how benefits... I mean, it's still complicated. It's still very yes. screwed up and, in, and imperfect. But what you haven't seen is this kind of ritualized humiliation of people who couldn't get work for one reason or another and you thought those days were long gone and well behind you but they're coming back I'm afraid and there's something deeply nasty about the intent behind all of this it's the old Adam Sarewer thing the cruelty is the point yes which is a which is one of the most depressing so heartbreaking uh aspects of modern political culture yeah I I think a a subnote to this is that I'm increasingly coming to the view that digital technology is being used by government to ration because it's so hard to get past some of these websites that you have to deal with if you're applying for any sort of um, government benefit or student loan or whatever it is, um, that in fact you do wonder... um, and it's it's pretty obvious that it's the case that then they're being used 
to keep people at bay and yeah. I you know and, and particularly people who aren't digital natives totally I know. just wonder what kind of brain in Whitehall thinks that when we live in a, an age where we literally have something that I we didn't have even in the 70s and 80s food banks with people endless queues of people who need to be supported just and to feed their family banks. and fuel banks and the worst of all the one that you know, I find genuinely intolerable baby banks Jesus. so that you have to go you know yeah. if you've got a newborn yeah and you can't afford the the basics you know yeah. nappies formula yeah. milk whatever it might be you go to a baby bank and they yeah. give it to you now i this is sort of something i suspect we will return to in in months to come but it seems to me that inequality is now becoming absolutely at the heart of yes. political discourse because yeah. there's something very badly wrong with a system where a lot of the benefit claimants we're talking about are in work it's not it's not just that they can't find work there are there are millions of people who work a hard week's work and still don't have enough to put a roof over the head and to put food on the table yeah. now there's that at that moment i think the social contract begins to bend and break yeah and i'm i'm fascinated to see on the assumption that there is an incoming Labour government, we'll see whether they really have taken stock of that. So I was told, interestingly, by somebody um, in the know that Labour have been sending people over to Germany to speak about, to speak to experts about how Germany deals with and dealt with the inequality between East and West um, in terms of living standards. The ultimate levelling up. Yeah, the, so, and, and I thought that was, you know, there is an analogy to be drawn between yes. the South and the North, you know. And, Very much so. Uh, I think, um, and it's, it's of course, it's not as simple as that. And there no. are whole swathes of the North that are happy and affluent. But there, there's definitely lots and lots of places in this country where that social contract you're talking about is at snapping point, I think. And who would be surprised if, you know, God forbid, but who would be surprised if this kind of cruel policies uh, persevered and carried on for another five or six years? If there were riots in streets with people yes. saying, I'm sorry, this is not working for us. And, you know, um, again, the, the argument from social justice is self-evident. But also, um, if that's not enough, remember that when social contracts break, it's often the far right that benefits. Of course, because they've got the easy answers. They've got the easy And as my answers. friend Ricardo Kirschbaum in Buenos Aires wrote the other day about Millet coming into power, the fear of today is stronger than the fear of the future. Exactly. And this is this is what this is what politics has got to counter is the fear of today, you know, and to have bold, ambitious policies that counter that and give people hope and 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 and, and give leadership for people to know that the country is on a path somewhere better that's all people want well yeah. that's that is the path that is now open to starmer yeah because we've just had an autumn statement that cut taxes yeah and cut benefits essentially yeah they you know, cut offered the prospect of quite significant Choking benefit benefits, cuts yeah. so that's them that's them that's yeah. the conservatives so with starmer i think we need to hear more yeah. about what on these really fundamental issues he thinks. I couldn't agree more. But the good news with the Tories is that you get to keep the Elgin marbles. So happy days up in who needs kind of... who needs food? When Think you've got about the Elgin that while you're queuing in your food bank. Be grateful. You might be hungry, but you've you got can the see Elgin the Elgin marbles. marbles you can for see free. the Elgin marbles. Anytime you. 
A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Great. Moving on now to our last question. So this comes from Robert in Highgate. Thank you, Robert. Um, do you agree with me that Elon Musk is now way too powerful? And if so, what can be done about it? Well, it's a timely question. It isn't certainly it? Well, I think Elon Musk is kind of self-regulating, isn't he? But <laughs> he's kind of... <laughs> yes, he's not I regulating mean, at I all. I mean, the answer is yes. Obviously, he's way too powerful, but he yeah. seems determined to screw it up for himself as best he can. So he, we're recording this on uh, the, in, in the wake of the news yeah. that he had just um, told his advertisers some of whom have been boycotting him over his anti-semitic tweets uh, to f off to which, go f themselves uh, to go f yeah. themselves and when challenged on this said well you know the uh, the earth meaning the planet earth will judge whether it was my fault if if x yeah. i.e yeah. twitter fails um i mean he's way too powerful the idea that he goes to israel to say he won't um allow gaza to have internet coverage from his Starlink system, just as he got involved in which bits of the Ukraine should have um, internet coverage. Yeah. This, this man, I mean, there have been few men in history more powerful. That's true. Uh, yeah. His his wealth is just the beginning of it. Would the would the world be a better place if if X slash Twitter failed? I think X slash Twitter is um, was the dumbest move he's ever made. Yeah, because. There he was with Tesla, which, um, you know, put electric cars back on the map in a serious way. And SpaceX, you, you know, some people think it's bonkers, but he has made it possible for you know, the, the, the space, the, the space yeah. race to continue and also puts a lot of, you know, a lot of satellites up in space yeah. and does it's a lot of work. Amazing it's an, it's an amazing story. Yeah. 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 So, you know, as much as he's clearly slightly away with the fairies with his weekly meetings on colonising Mars, <laughs> Mars, that in itself, it doesn't seem to me, is sort of harmful. Yeah. However, 
his belief that he you can you can turn social media into an engineering problem yeah is, is i think we've tested that one to destruction it's when they always go they go a step too far don't they, and they think yes they've got the answer to people yes because uh, they understand people and the truth is they haven't got a bloody clue because they don't exist in real and also he's you know he's not only the world's wealthiest person but also the world's most powerful troll I mean, yeah. he cannot help himself. Yeah. And so, and recently, I mean, some of the things he's been retweeting or tweeting have been, they have been anti-Semitic and, and yeah. horrendously so. And he's allowed a lot more uh, people back onto the site who are polluting it. And of course the advertisers are yeah. fleeing. And what did he expect? So I think it, I don't know if it'll be his undoing, but I suspect, I mean, that there is an argument that X Twitter um, collapses yeah. In the next few years, Did actually. you know, by the way, that they, uh, ex-Twitter, are sending legal notes out to publications who just still call them Twitter, <laughs> saying you must cease and desist, and we are now called X. And but that, I mean, that shows you his manic priorities. <laughs> you see, he, think, he thinks that's the problem. Isn't that mad? You know, no, yeah. I mean, it, he's he's very, very, very strange man. I'm fascinating, yeah. but uh, but he is, he is too powerful, and... I don't know, Robert, what the answer is, because the problem is that he represents a, a technological breakthroughs at a spe- that are going at a speed that regulators and legislators just cannot keep up with. Yeah. So I don't see him, his power diminishing anytime soon, and is no. the honest answer. Okay, well, let's hope um, he finds a way to use it for good, which would be nice. But he's not succeeding too I think well. He should in get, that I think he should sell. Sell X stroke Twitter yeah. at a you know to someone who actually has an interest. I think he should in civic discourse. Do the world a favor and shut the bloody thing down and let us all get. Or just or just shut it down. Happily. Um, I mean, yeah, one or the other. But I think be- about some of the people. Who, if you think about, there are some people who are conspicuously noisy and relevant because of their enormous audiences well, on Twitter. Well, there are one or two, aren't there? We, we could all, name, we could one all name one or two. And if you just removed their Twitter accounts, they'd just fizzle back to their yes. non-entity, non-entity status. Yes, it, and then we'd just be which left their with... their second-rate intellect deserves. Instagram and drizzle lemon cakes and <laughs> pictures of my really amazing <laughs> holiday. You, you know. could just listen to podcasts all day long. <laughs> listen to podcasts, guys. That'd be nice. Right, anyway, listen, on thank that you. smug note. On that very smug hope. Hopeless note. We wish you a wonderful Sunday. Hope have you have a great, a great day. day. And thank you to our production team as ever, led by Ollie Peart and the wonderful Maya Seedland, who I think is possibly the last time we'll say that name. I think she's off to new climbs. So thank you, Maya. Thank you for everything you've done, Maya. Get your feedback and your questions in to the two mats, that's the number two M-A-T-T-S, at tnepublishing.com. Don't forget your wonderful opportunity to get Alistair Campbell's Diaries 2023 absolutely free when you sign up to The New European, which is jam-packed full of great journalism, ideas, thoughts, culture, art, politics, the lot. Thank you as ever for listening. Tune in next Friday when we're back with our regular show. And And until then... Have a great week. Have a great week. It's goodbye. Are we going to do the... We don't do that. We don't do that. Do we not do that? Apparently we don't do that. Okay. Thank you. Have a great week. Have a great week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.